From APM Reports, this is the Educate Podcast, a collaboration with the Heckinger Report. I'm Stephen Smith. Are you thinking about Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio? At Antioch, rigorous academics are the foundation, not the finish. Antioch is a small, private, liberal arts college in rural Ohio. Antioch College is a very unique kind of a place that was founded in the mid-19th century by some progressive educational reformers. That's John Marcus. He reports on higher education for the Heckinger Report, our partner. And he made a trip to Antioch recently. And I say this affectionately, it's sort of a hippie school. In a town in Ohio, a little school sits singing liberal, we're liberal, we're liberal. But this hippie school in Ohio and a lot of other small private colleges are in big trouble. Why are small private colleges like Antioch in trouble? Here's John Marcus again. So uh, we're running out of 18 to 24-year-olds, and that's the principal market for a lot of these small private colleges. That's right. There was a bit of a baby bust a generation ago. And that means now there aren't as many traditional age college students out there. It's not that people aren't seeking higher educations. It's just that there's fewer people graduating from from high school. This decline has been particularly severe in the Northeast and the Midwest. And that leaves uh, the growth areas to be places like Texas and the West Coast, where increasingly the students who are college age are first in their families to go to college, or they are from low-income or racial or ethnic minority families, who don't have a lot of college-going experience, who may not be able to afford the high prices many private colleges are charging, and who just sort of culturally prefer not to move very far away from home. So a number of institutions, in particular in the Midwest and the Northeast, both of which happen to have a lot of colleges, are seeing a lot of decline in enrollment. It's a double whammy for schools like Antioch. There are fewer college students, and lots of the college students who are out there They don't know about small private schools like Antioch, or they're scared away by the sticker price, or they have no interest in going to college in the Midwest. And the Midwest and New England, that's where lots of the small private colleges are. More than half of small private colleges last year saw their enrollments decline or stay flat. And this is not a time they can afford to see that. On this episode of the podcast, we're talking about the challenges facing small private colleges, what they're doing about it, and how Antioch's efforts to save itself nearly killed the college for good, until a group of dedicated alumni stepped in to fight for the school and what it means to them. Over the past century and a half, Antioch University has evolved from a small liberal arts college to a multi-campus system across the nation. This video was part of Antioch's efforts to spread its educational philosophy across the country. Antioch started to spin off a number of satellite campuses for graduate programs. Antioch University Los Angeles is an example of one of the more unconventional institutions of higher learning in America today, offering daytime, evening, even weekend classes to the adult community of Los Angeles, no matter what their family structure, lifestyle, or schedule. The Antioch University Los Angeles campus you see in this video is definitely not a hippie school. Classes are in an office building. It looks more like a for-profit college you'd find along the highway. Think University of Phoenix, not a grassy liberal arts campus. With only 10 to 15 students per class, classes are small on purpose to help encourage greater diversity of thought and communication and help them become agents of change within their own community. We are not an ivory tower. We we exist to train people Uh, and give them the skills and give them the knowledge base to go back to their communities and provide service. 
That's the president of the Antioch University Los Angeles campus, Neil King. What Antioch was trying to do with these satellite campuses was bring the Antioch way to working adults. Small classes, a focus on social justice. The college motto is a quote from Antioch's first president, Horace Mann. Be ashamed to die until you have won some victory for humanity. The school opened more than 30 of these satellite campuses all over the country. Many of them in inner cities and in underserved communities. So their heart was in the right place, but it wasn't financially expedient. After a while, they they had so many satellite campuses that people today, when you ask them how many were there, say that no one really even knew. Other small colleges have done similar things to try to attract working adults and non-traditional age college students. A lot of small colleges that are having financial trouble think that their salvation lies in offering a lot of courses online. But if you look closely, even though online education has exploded and the numbers of people who take courses online now is about 6 million. Most of that enrollment is in just the top 5% of institutions that provide online distance education, and it is not necessarily benefiting these smaller colleges. It's very expensive to set up at the outset. And so just like Antioch did with its satellite campuses, a number of small private colleges are kind of hoping that they can be saved by providing online education and it isn't working. The satellite campus idea was a bad move for Antioch College. The college became sort of an afterthought to the satellite graduate campuses, and ultimately the board that ran the universities, consisting largely of these satellites, decided they would close the college. Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio, appears to be preparing to close its doors after 150 years. Appears is the active verb because Antiochans are schooled to be fighters, social activists. When Antioch College shut down, the alumni were not happy. The alumni rose up in protest. We, the Antioch College Action Network, are reclaiming this space, the most visible space on our campus, to signal that Antioch College is here to stay. They came together and raised millions of dollars in a very short amount of time, including a few individuals who gave massive amounts of money on their own and ultimately bought the college and the college and the university separated. There still is an Antioch University that's separately run. It has a few remaining satellite campuses, but nowhere near the number that they had before. John, give me a hand with this. The alumni at Antioch also have stepped up and, and literally show up on the campus and paint the walls. This is the sound of Antioch College alumni rebuilding their school back in 2011. The school had been shut down for three years, and I visited the campus a few months before the school reopened for a documentary about the future of liberal arts education. I talked to Ann Stockton, Antioch class of 65, who came in from Philadelphia. This place is important. I don't want it to die. I want it to be here for the next generation of students who need what Antioch is very special for. I came here to become a Renaissance person, and I think that's what we need to send out into the world. Antioch had tried to make itself more like other colleges, more like some idea of what a college has to become to meet the demands of the 21st century, and it didn't work. So now the college is trying to be more of what it had been for generations, quirky and small, and the kind of school its alumni say you just can't find anywhere else. It's not just another liberal arts college. That's Karen Mulhauser, an alumna who was involved in helping to reopen the school. There is something that's different about it. I think it's 
the concept of community that separates Antioch from other colleges. This school changed my life. That's Craig Johnson. He graduated from Antioch back in 1991. I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do um, when I walked in the door. I can't honestly say I knew exactly what I wanted to do when I walked out of here. But what I did know, I did, what I had was a clearer sense of who I am. His Antioch education didn't lead him to a clear career path, but he says Antioch taught him to be a thinker and to be a socially responsible person. And, you know, civic engagement is not just a thing that you do in a group that you um, have to be admitted to. It's a part of the culture here. Craig Johnson now works as an administrator for the American Medical Association. He recognizes that Antioch isn't for everyone. And students at Antioch now, they recognize that too. And I think more and more students are feeling like, well, I don't have the money to spend to go to a four-year school, or I don't have the time to spend. Angel Nalubega is a senior from New Jersey. She says most of her friends and classmates weren't interested in small private colleges. They were thinking, I'll go to community college. Or I'll get a certificate, and I'll just work and save up my money that I I can Um, Because I have a family. I have parents. I'm a first-generation college student. But Angel wanted a four-year residential college experience. And she says she chose Antioch because it's a place where faculty and staff pay close attention to what students want and need. You don't get that kind of attention at community colleges. But community colleges are way more affordable than places like Antioch. Total price tag here is more than $50,000 a year. And like other small private colleges, Antioch does a lot of tuition discounting to get students to come. Small private colleges gave out financial aid that sucked up 51 cents of every dollar they took in in tuition last year from first-year students. That means the revenues aren't even keeping up with inflation. Antioch is surviving because of its alumni. Contributions from supporters account for 71% of the school's operating budget. It's not sustainable, and John Marcus says the college knows it. Antioch is very honest about what's going on, very frank about its problems. And I attended an alumni reunion. I mean, I cover higher education, and I usually hear presidents of colleges that even the ones that everyone knows are about to go under, standing up in front of audiences and telling them how wonderful everything is and how many Rhodes Scholars they had and how much great research they're doing. And then two weeks later, you hear the college uh, might be closing. At Antioch, at the alumni reunion, the president stood up and said, here are all the problems that we have. Our big challenges still are financial. Our numbers are very low. Uh, we're hoping to get 35 students, and I'm saying hoping because you know, th- that's a stretch. And that seemed to resonate with alumni who, once they knew the problems, were willing to help come up with some solutions. Not all schools have the kind of committed alumni Antioch has. They can't count on loyal alumni to keep them afloat. A Gallup poll found that only 20% of alumni feel emotionally attached to the university or college they attended. Only 20%. And only one in five has given money in the last year. One other reason that uh, alumni are less loyal and and attached to universities and colleges is because of their price. Uh, It's Going to college has become so much more of a financial transaction than it may have been in the past. For some reason, historically, we've considered college to be something different and separate and aside. Now it's a commodity that we purchase. Colleges now have to be spas and and resorts almost as much as they are colleges. That's Eric Bates. He graduated from Antioch in 1983, and he's among the alumni who are chipping in to keep the college in operation. I think you, you want to go the other way. You want to think smaller. You want to think what can you do well and do that thing well and, and, and say no to a lot of stu- other stuff. 
colleges in response to their existential threats are becoming more similar rather than more different. And I think that when students are looking for a place to get an education and degree, and when they're interested in a place that is worth the money that it charges, they're looking for places that are different, like Antioch. And instead of becoming more different, these colleges are becoming more the same. For many of the students who come to Antioch, the things that are unique about the place are clear. A small, close-knit community, a civically engaged student body, and professors that encourage students to think for themselves. But the school still struggles to attract people. Antioch wanted to enroll 80 new students last fall, but it ended up with only 45. Right now, the school survives because of the generosity of its alumni, but they can't supply the bulk of the budget forever. A new generation will have to decide that Antioch and other small private colleges are a worthwhile investment. You can find a link to John Marcus's story about Antioch College at educatepodcast.org. You can also find the documentary I did back in 2011 about the value of a liberal arts education. It's called Who Needs an English Major? That's it for this episode. We would love to hear from you, so send us a note to contact at apmreports.org. Tell us how you found the podcast and what you'd like to hear more about. And if you missed any of our recent episodes, you can scroll back in your podcast feed because we just released our 2017 season of education documentaries. They're airing now on public radio stations nationwide, but you can listen to them anytime on the podcast. The Educate Podcast is produced by Suzanne Pico and edited by Chris Julin. Our senior producer is Emily Hanford. Thanks to our partner, The Heckinger Report, a nonprofit independent news organization focused on inequality and innovation in education. Support for APM Reports comes from Lumina Foundation and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM. <laughs>